Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend a few minutes focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Ray, an employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. And you can catch up with all of our series, keep up with all our regular releases by doing those subscribing and following things. We're on iTunes and Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Career Zone podcast. My name is Ben Toulson. I'm an employability and careers consultant at the University of Exeter's Penryn campus. And today I'm speaking to Sarah Byrne-James from IBM. And we're going to be talking about a range of subjects, including what it is that IBM do, how to work in tech if you don't have a tech background, imposter syndrome, technical curiosity, and not having your career defined just by your degree. So without further ado, here it is. Hi, Sarah. Thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us today. I'd like to get started by simply just getting into uh, finding out a bit more about yourself and about IBM and what IBM does and what you do within IBM yourself. Hi, yeah, great to be here. So my name is Sarah Van James. My job title is Client Technical Leader for our Scottish Government account, which uh, <laughs> essentially it's kind of like being a kind of a personal shopper for IBM. So we're I'll, I'll go into that more in a minute, but we're a massive company. We do loads of stuff. It's actually quite hard for IBMers to get a handle on everything that we do. So part of my job is to kind of help help our clients to, to figure out what we do and sort of bring them the things that might help them solve their problems across across the whole company. So, yeah, I started as a, as a graduate in consulting. And that's one of, one of the things we do is consulting. So, you know, various different roles, but essentially working on different projects for different companies to say, well, maybe you've got some problems that you need some outside help to solve, or you're doing an IT implementation and you need some more skills. You know, it could be things around design, lots of different roles like that. But um, kind of IBM as a whole, we're a technology company. We are focused on sort of hybrid cloud and AI. But, you know, that's at a very high level. Some of the things I could be talking to a client about would be you know, how can we use AI to help you with your sustainability goals, for example, or, you know, around AI ethics, we've got a lot of expertise there, for example, you know, how can, how can we help you, how can we help you there? That's great. So how long have you been at IBM yourself? You said you joined as a graduate initially. Yeah, I joined in 2015 as a kind of confused graduate with a with a modern languages degree I had no idea what I wanted to do so I thought well if I join I joined as a business consultant I thought what that will allow me to do is do different projects see different businesses and you know figure out what I want to do based on based on more experience and I said well if I don't like it I'll do the two years and I'll leave and obviously I'm still still here but one of the best pieces of career advice I ever got was if you don't know what to do just do something because you know, it gives you more data, it gives you more information to work on. So rather than sort of just being paralysed and doing nothing and, and not, not um, you know, I thought this might be the right thing, it might be the wrong thing, but I'll have a go and see, see where it goes. And I've ended up from my modern languages background, I'm now a certified IT architect, which is quite a techie thing. I never expected to, to end, up, end up here. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, we'll come back to your background in, in a little bit and how sort of that's transferred. Something I wanted to just pick up on was um, you mentioned there that you said, well, I, you know, I could do the two-year programme and then if, if at the end of it I want out, then I can go and do something else. But I get, like you said, I think that's really valuable to be, yeah, do something rather than 
nothing. And all the skills you, you know you would have developed in in that time must have been invaluable. I guess you must have learned an awful lot in in that two years. Oh yeah, a huge amount. I mean, <laughs> when I when I started, I didn't. It seems strange in these COVID times, but I didn't even know how to set up a conference call, how meeting invites work, things like that. But also, you know, so much around we use technology all the time, but actually the complexity in not only building it, right? People focus on how difficult it might be to build things and think that tech jobs are all about developers, but actually working out what to build. Should we build this or should we build something else? How should it actually work? What should it look like? Those questions are often actually much harder. I just want to come back to, you know, we spoke about the, the graduate work that you did there. What are the sort of typical graduate opportunities at IBM at the moment? Obviously, IBM is, is a huge company, as you've alluded to already, but certainly in the area that you're working, what kind of opportunities are there at the moment for graduates? Yeah, so in our consulting area, there's roles in kind of various different specialisms, so design, technology, and business. So, you know, consulting high level is, is really about you know, helping helping other organizations with your expertise, whether that's, you know, from a technology point of view, being the bridge between business and technology and being able to understand how things work, but then actually explain it to people who maybe don't need or, or want to go into so much detail. Or from a business point of view, understanding, yeah, which what are the business problems to solve or, or how might you solve them? And then, you know, design, I suppose, fitting in with what I said before, design around... Well, how 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 do users actually want to interact with this? How do we really want this to work from a user point of view? You mentioned that you graduated with a modern languages degree and now ended up in uh, working in tech, essentially. So that's that's quite a, a, a shift. So so I guess leading on from that, what do IBM look for in their graduates, and um, how did you find that transition from coming out of uh, a degree like modern languages and going into a company like IBM? There's quite a lot to say there in terms of what IBM look for you know as with with a lot of graduate programs you can look on our website for the sort of competencies so it would be the usual kind of things around teamwork things like that um, and I would say I also hadn't done any sort of internships at other businesses I'd, I'd done some teaching as part of my modern languages and I'd done things like you know working in catering so you can find you know that experience is still very much valued as as ways to demonstrate those competencies. I would say, you know, you don't have to be from a massively technical degree or anything at all to apply to IBM, but you do need to be interested in technology and you need to be able to show that. But for example, I think in my interview, I talked about IBM Watson, which was very much more kind of experimental. It was still really a piece of research at that at that stage. But, you know, how do computers understand language? How do they how do they deal with that? So I would challenge you, whatever you're studying, to think, well, what's the connection with technology? I was at a career set and even the classicists, I say even the classicists, you know, could make the connection with actually their, their research, their area of interest and technology. So, you know, think about that. That might be an interesting hook for your application or um, or even to decide, you know, if you are interested in technology, because Technology touches everything these days. It does, especially in with remote working uh, and remote learning being so prevalent. I think there was a second part of your question about how I found the transition. And actually, on my on my first day in IBM, 
someone said, well, put your hand up if you're business and put your hand up if you're technical. And I thought, oh, they've made a mistake <laughs> because I'm neither. And, you know, that wasn't just on the first day, really, that I felt maybe they've made a mistake. So did that give you feelings of um, imposter syndrome, for example? Yeah, absolutely. And I think imposter syndrome is definitely something probably every week. I don't know if I'd say every day that I, you know, I struggle with. I think a lot of people do um, in really in, in all sorts of jobs, but in technology, things are moving so fast. And we have this kind of myth of, you know, somebody sitting in a dark room and coding and they're a genius. And maybe there are people like that, but um we're learning new things all the time, but nobody can know everything. One thing that's really helped me with imposter syndrome actually is just to kind of own it and say, yeah, sometimes I feel this. I know other people feel this. I'm just going to be open about it. And you'd be surprised how many other people then open up and say, you know what, I feel like that too. Absolutely. And everyone brings their own unique perspective from, you know, having people from a variety of different backgrounds and degrees is I believe it's been shown to produce a much more effective workforce having that rather than having sort of carbon copies of each other. Yeah, I just read a great book called Range because I did have this kind of feeling of, well, maybe I need to be a specialist. Maybe I need to be super deep specialised in something and then I won't feel imposter syndrome. Now, I don't think that's true. But yeah, this book said, well, if you bring ideas together from other, you know, bring an idea from a from a different field, you're more likely to do something innovative. You're more likely to solve a problem. People with no experience in specific technical, like chemistry, engineering domains, were coming up with solutions to stuff because they were bringing expertise from entirely different perspectives. So I guess that's one of the reasons, you know, you're not defined by your degree, but the knowledge you bring and the skills, soft skills as well that you bring will be extremely valuable wherever you take them. Yes, and I think that's a, a really important takeaway for people that um, for people who are studying who just or have, who have just graduated, you know, yeah, there is so much to do with your degree that isn't necessarily what you would typically expect your degree to lead you on to for that reason. So, so I guess to kind of summarise in a way, do you have sort of any top tips for current students or graduates that might be interested in moving into, say, the tech world? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is you need to be curious about technology, right? So you don't need to understand everything. You don't need to know about everything. That's actually impossible in technology. It's so fast moving. But, you know, when you hear about something, just think about, oh, do I understand that? How does it work? Could I find out a little bit more? And it might be that the first time you look at something, you get kind of an overview of, oh, I kind of get what that might be for. And maybe you'll look back at it a few months later and you'll understand more. You know, there are sometimes it takes a few times to, to figure out how something works. Maybe you don't need to know in depth, but definitely being curious and thinking, well, you know, I've heard about this thing on the news. I've heard about this cryptocurrency. A lot of the technologies involved in the fight about against the pandemic. Just think, oh, could I could I go a bit deeper there? Whatever it is, it should be something that interests you, right? But um, just digging a little bit deeper, I think, is is very helpful. That's brilliant. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to to take on board if they're looking to go down that route. So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming uh, and speaking to us today. Thanks. It's been great speaking to you. This was the Career Zone podcast. 
brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. You can find this series on iTunes and Spotify, so do subscribe and follow us to keep up with our regular releases. And we would love to hear from you, so if there is something on your mind, then share your thoughts or questions on Instagram at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone or Twitter at UOE Careers. Hashtag Career Zone Podcast and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes. Finally, of course, you can find out more information about all the support we offer at exeter.ac.uk slash careers.